Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Today's episode of Channel 33 is brought to you by SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor for my podcast, as well as the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. With just two taps on your phone, you can instantly buy SeatGeek tickets to an event, and you can enter that event just using your phone. No paper tickets. Drop your old ticket app. Use one that's built for 2016. Download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. And don't forget to check out my fairly new website, TheRinger.com, for the very best in sports, tech, and pop culture coverage. And don't forget about The Ringer Podcast Network, which features Keeping It 1600, The Watch, Channel 33, Shack House, and our Ringer shows for the NFL, NBA, and MLB. And finally, don't forget about my new television show, Any Given Wednesday, which runs every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. on HBO and reruns on HBO Now, HBO Go, and HBO On Demand. And now, without further ado, here is Juliet Littman and Amanda Dobbins. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliet Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. The dust has settled on a lot of celebrity stories, and yet I feel like we have a lot to discuss today. It's true. We're moving forward. Yeah. We don't have a lot of updates. Brangelina still quiet. It's going to be 90 degrees in LA today. Yeah. However, I really feel like I'm, I'm in deep fall mode. I'm like, I booked my travel for Thanksgiving and like, I'm just ready for a new season of, of celebrity gossip. Bring it in. So we're going to talk about Michelle Obama last night at the state dinner. Yeah. That's just a happy thing that we all get to talk about. We'll end on that. Cause right. I like and end with happiness. We're going to talk about what's going on with Emily Blunt. She just moved and she's in girl on the train. Yeah, it's an interesting time. We're going to talk about Tony McGuire being back, hanging out with his Pussy buddy. Posse back! <laughs> They're back! I don't know why I'm yelling that so enthusiastically, <laughs> like, given the, like... Very loaded time for the P Exactly, word. but, you know, here I am. And first, let's talk about Emma Stone. She's in this this week's Vogue 73 Questions Yeah, video. she's on the cover of the November issue. Is it a weekly video? No, they do them for the cover stories. Oh, so it's, like, monthly. I mean, I guess maybe sometimes they've done random ones that aren't connected to the cover, but usually it's like part of the deal. You agree to be on the cover of Vogue, I see. and then you do a 73 questions. Got it. That's cool. Emma Stone, I feel like that's a big look for her. Like, I just think she's been dormant for a while, and now she's back. Yeah, I- it seems like she's going to have a big fall. She's in La La Land, which um, I'm excited about. Everyone's very excited about it. It has great reviews. She doesn't back really with- seem like an Amanda movie with the emphasis on singing and dancing. So here's the thing. It's I'm very concerned about this because in addition to the basic premise of La La Land is that uh, it's in Los Angeles. Emma Stone is an aspiring actress. Ryan Gosling, uh, this is tough for me to say out loud, like wants to run a jazz club or something. And then they fall in love, but it's also a musical. If Ryan Gosling had a jazz club, would you be interested in going to it? Yeah, sure. I mean, listen, I'm open to all experiences. (laughs) Are you? (laughs) No, that's not true at all. (laughs) It's not true. (laughs) But okay. But Ryan's jazz club, you are open to. I'm open to all Ryan Gosling-related experiences. He should totally call his fictional uh, jazz club Ryan's Jazz Club. It's the least cool name possible. (laughs) Ryan's Jazz Club. Um, Sounds great. Anyway, they it's they sing and dance, which so it's it's really tough, right? Because it's Gosling and Stone back together. Mm-hmm. I, they have great chemistry. They do. Um, really enjoy them. I enjoy them separately. Um, it's also apparently kind of a love letter to Los Angeles, oh. which I just moved here. You know, I'm still trying to embrace my sure. surroundings. I think that's important, but. Um, yeah, live singing is very hard. I'm really uncomfortable just at the thought of it. And also just like 
dudes trying to pretend they're cool by being like, I love jazz. I, no. Sure. Uh, unsubscribe. Sure. I remember when I was like 16 in New York going to like um, a jazz club in the West Village that didn't check IDs so I could get in <laughs> and like thinking I was the coolest person in the city. I was like, wow, I'm doing it. I'm at like a literally subterranean underground jazz club in the West Village and I'm just killing it. I want to be clear that I have nothing against the actual genre of or jazz? the history of jazz. Yeah, it's it. just the way that a certain group of like hipster dudes attach sure. themselves to it. Sure. In a vacuum, it's a wonderful genre. Ooh. Anyway, <laughs> um, La La Land is apparently great. I'm excited about I'm it. I'm excited love, to see it. Love, love singing and dancing. Right. So I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. I'm really excited. Um, you could ask my roommate, Chris Ryan, my off, my work roommate. At least <laughs> once a day, I watch like some kind of singing and dancing YouTube video. What was yesterday's? Uh, I watched the performance of Ultra Light Beam on Saturday Night Live from last year. Oh, I think I walked into your office. Four times. Yeah, you've had that on loop for like a week. <laughs> I just, it's really good. There's so much happiness in it. I don't know. I just, no, you were watching Chance when I walked in. Yeah. yeah the Chance on SNL yeah. yesterday. It was real. It's really okay. good. So I just, I just like, you know, Chance is a theater kid. I like the Sunday Candy video too. <sighs> yeah. Well, so let's, okay. Theater kid is a great segue back to Emma Stone, the 73 questions, because this was peak theater kid. Yeah. In a way that uh, I was not super comfortable with as a person who loves Emma Stone and who likes people being witty and who likes people trying sure I this was like really trying um I'm a new theory with the 73 questions videos yes. which I think it makes uncool vapid people seem like fun and it makes the actual cool substantive people seem really lame yes that's, that's a great theory I think that's what happened with Emma Stone because I agree I really like her I like that I actually like her paparazzi shtick where she like holds up the signs when they're taking pictures of her mm -hmm. and Andrew Garfield like for like causes she supports I like that I like all of her movies Easy A is phenomenal underrated movie fantastic and uh I just like she came off really bad in this video, like very annoying. And like you said, like it's just you mentioned this on our Slack, like so staged. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing. It's, it's very clearly scripted and they all are. Right. Because it's celebrities who are on yeah. the cover of Vogue. Right. And there, there's it must take honestly months for them to even negotiate the questions that are involved with 73 asks. Like you can't imagine right. how horrific the emails are. Like I want to die sitting here thinking about it. Awful. So I understand why it's scripted. And the the problem is, is that Emma Stone is like naturally very funny and smart and wants to try. And so I got the impression on this one, if you had been reading her answers, like if you had read the email that she wrote being like, this is how I answer all the questions, super charming. It really works in a written context. Yeah. And then she has to like perform her kind of written jokes and it comes, it's unnatural and looks really forced. There are different types of humor. There's written humor and there's you yeah, know, in person yeah. humor. And it was kind of lost in the translation, which I think I think she's a victim of of being smart and trying too hard. Totally. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. And also like the things that she's willing to share, I think are kind of limited because she's smart. Like right. she doesn't actually want you to see like her real home where she actually lives. <laughs> yeah, where Let's was she at her house? So it was a place that you had like, her supposed house. It was a place you had to like buzz into. She had basically no yard. Or, like, any private space at all, which is fine. But, like, if you're, like, a rich celebrity, like, privacy comes at a premium. Like, you usually want that. Right. She was, like, on top of, like, supposed neighbors. It was a shared courtyard situation, yeah. for sure. Could you tell anything about the neighborhood based on Los um, Angeles knowledge? I think, yeah, I think it's probably somewhere in the Valley would be my guess. Oh, interesting. Because that's where they have a lot of, like, gated 
communities that celebrities live in. Like, uh, there's some, like, like where Justin Bieber lives, like, a lot bigger and fancier than that. But I'm pretty sure that was probably somewhere on the other side of the hill. Yeah. So, shared courtyard, entirely unlikely. Because so unlikely. And then there's not a yard. There's, like, like an elevated deck that was, like, very massive and looked shared. Did it look shared? I thought it was just all for her and sort of (laughs) inelegantly laid out. I don't know. It was it was really weird. You and had then, to go through the second bedroom to get through it, which right. like I thought was a problem. Yeah, it also just seemed like um, her furniture was there was nothing that she had made custom that I could tell. It all seemed like high end, but um, like kind of like you know made made was, to order, not made to order. It was very like West Elm. Yeah, and there was no art or personal. Yeah, it seemed like she barely lived anywhere. There. Right, she definitely didn't live there. And she also referenced the apartment that she actually lives in, which is in New York. Like, she, which is. Hilarious. Hilarious. It does say in the Vogue cover story that she is moving in the process of moving back to New York as they're doing the interview. So it's possible oh, that maybe she's leaving that place. I still don't think it was her place. Me neither. Here's another reason why. Okay. Because no person who actually lives in an apartment that has more than one closet would put the washer dryer <laughs> in the closet closest to your bedroom. It is really weird. That makes no sense. How are you going to sleep? That was really strange. Yeah. Although maybe she's just supremely lazy, which I would support. I hate doing laundry. And she's like making it. How can I stay in bed the longest while getting my laundry done? Yeah, listen, I'm not a movie star. And our washer dryer, which I'm very excited to have, is literally right next to our bedroom. And that it's terrifying when the buzzer goes off for the dryer and I'm just like oh my god what happened no put that put that downstairs different level if you've got to anyway it's a great it's a great point I the washer dryer it's a, it's a dream for me I've never had one in unit it's been it's LA is the first time I it, mean it just seems wonderful it, it is really life changer it is life-changing except like I I know I'm not very good about folding my laundry mm, at all not, not particularly fun yeah um, what else did you learn from the Emma Stone cover story? Is she still dating Andrew Garfield? No. She claims, according according to the cover story, she, A, really doesn't want to talk about it, but, like, she does the right celebrity thing because Emma Stone is a celebrity who tries, and she has, like, a two-sentence kind of jokey answer prepared to be like, we're not together. I learned a lot. It was a tough year. There are good parts and bad parts of being single. I guess that was four sentences, but mm. hers was more elegant. Interesting. But... As the cover story note notes, it was written by Jason Gay, who's been doing cool. a lot of Vogue stories, actually. They're pretty good. Um, after she delivers this line, she's then, like, photographed hanging out with Andrew Garfield in London. Oh, interesting. So either they're just, like, doing the Friends thing. No. Or, no. That's so unlikely. It's very, very unlikely. Andrew Garfield's a wonderful, wonderful Brit. Like, just a great one. A Jewish Brit, first of all. Second of all, he's, like, half American, half British, and he can go either way with his accent, and it's just, like, he he can be anything you want him to be. I just love him. Here's what I'd like him to be. Like, never let me go, Andrew Garfield, mm. and that's it. I have really... What I about have... Eduardo Saverin, our Andrew Garfield? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was pretty great. <laughs> the Marlins and the Fish! Yeah, yeah, a great scene. No. Mark! <laughs> here's, here's, my, here's my thing. He definitely, he went through a lot. I know it's hard being a movie star. He was, in, he was Spider-Man. That didn't go so well. Then he's like trying to find himself as an actor. And so now he's in this Martin Scorsese movie called mm. Silence. And he like. It's supposed to be good, right? Whatever. He also like took a vow of silence in order. He went method oh God. on the Scorsese monk movie. Like, can you imagine being Emma Stone no. and suddenly your weird boyfriend is working through his if industry issues? my boyfriend issues? was like, I'm going silent. I'd be like, okay, then I'm just going. Bye. Which I honestly think what happened is what happened. 
even? Can you imagine? No, I actually yeah. can't. That would be awful. Yeah. Um, he is also a public library frequenter, which I really appreciate. It's very lovely. He's working through a lot. I really, I just really like him. I, re- I want the best for him, but I don't think it's going to go well. No. I just think like we're reaching the end of our Andrew Garfield stardom time. Yeah, it's really hard to come back from being like a failed superhero. I know. Really Only hard. Ryan Reynolds did it, and that's because he played another superhero. Right. Is there any other use cases? Honestly, I can't do this off the top of my head. I, I don't, don't think there are. It just, it just makes me think about the Hemsworth, who I really like and I'm concerned about. Not, Clooney? Mm, some would say he never really... I, I guess the Batman. Obviously, yeah. he recovered from Batman. Good point. Yeah. That's that's true. I just feel like right now his, he's being besmirched a lot. Keaton? Sort of recently? Sure. I guess if you play yeah. Batman? Okay. Yeah. Only Batman can you recover. <laughs> and that's because like that was like before peak superhero, right? Right. Yes. Now, it's, now it's a lot harder because it's like if you fail your superhero movie, you can't blame it on like it being a dumb movie because they're all like made by auteurs now. Mm, yeah. No, and, that's true. Andrew Garfield needs to be incorporated into the Star Wars franchise. That's that's what he needs, I think. Oh, like Rilo Ken's brother? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. He does there's have so many a- fucking movies. Like, how can we make this happen? <laughs> I think there's got to be a role for him somewhere. Anyway, Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield seem to be involved in like a four-year, extremely drawn-out, dramatic breakup. Mm. Which I just, that makes me sad. Sure. Makes her so relatable, I think. It makes her relatable, but it also just makes me want to... Go have a drink with Emma Stone and be like, move, move on. on. This is not going to end well. <laughs> stop going to London. I know it's nice there, but just stop going to see him. Yeah. Move into your new apartment. It'll all be good. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of happy she's coming back. I, I really enjoy her. Oh, one other thing I want to note is that um, this was a Vogue production, mm-hmm. and I simply don't think she could have been wearing a worse outfit. I completely agree. <laughs> the heels in particular were mind-boggling, but then there was like weird fringe on her Sweater? She was wearing one of those sweaters that is like cut a little short, but then there's like um, extra fabric like affixed to it, so mm-hmm. it looks longer. But it has the effect of just like making her look much wider than she is. And then she was wearing like quote unquote boyfriend jeans that were just like not baggy enough, nor were they fitted enough. And then she was wearing like just like these very kind of like retroish heels. It was a mess. It was just a complete mess. I hated it. I didn't understand it at all. Me neither. Also, I wish she would just go back to being a redhead straight up. I liked the haircut, though. Mm, it was a little bit too Chicago for me. Yeah, that's Renee, fair. Renee Zellweger in, yeah, in Chicago. Yeah, that's a good point. That's her destiny, is to be in a Chicago remake. The third remake. You won't see it. I'll let you know how it is. <laughs> um, okay. I, another thing that I think Emma Stone should do with uh, Ryan Gosling is, like, it's just it's out there for them. Ever since they're seen in Crazy Stupid Love, just do a Dirty Dancing remake. Why not? Yes. Ryan Gosling would be great to the Patrick Swayze role. It's hard to argue with that. I mean, I, I don't know why that movie actually hasn't been remade. It's, it's really good. I guess because they don't make movies for women. That's a great point. But it's a really good movie. Just make it for Netflix. Everyone would watch it. Agree. I, I co-signed this. Do you like that movie, Dirty Dancing? Yeah, of course. I'm an American. Okay, well, you, sometimes you ask me these things. Dancing, I know, but like, come on. Sometimes you ask me these things, and it's like, you think I'm not human inside. You I have am. a hard line on the performing arts, so I don't know. It's just live singing. It's so vulnerable. Okay. And I just, I don't, I have enough anxiety on my own. I don't need to witness <laughs> other people, like, work through things, and maybe it's not going to work out, and then, like, we're all embarrassed together, and I'm a witness, and now I'm carrying that anxiety for the rest of my life. I don't need that. <laughs> Okay. Only let Adele sing. Oh, she's perfect all the time. Yeah. Um, last year, dancing note, then we can move on. It would be a really good remake because it's not really susceptible to technology. 
Like, okay. When you go on vacation and like a, you're like in like a camp like atmosphere, it's sort of like cell phones and computers are secondary to just like being there because it's very limited and you're with a large group of people and you're focused on them. And it's just like it's just it's just less susceptible to the changes of time. That's that's a great point. Thank you. Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, I really want you to do this. I will like fund your GoFundMe or whatever you need. <laughs> okay. I'm here for you. Thank you. Let's move on. Speaking of uh, people moving to New York, let's talk about Emily Blunt, who and, just also just moved to New York. And also about movies that are sort of targeted at women, though I don't know. So, yeah. Let's talk about, so she was in Girl on a Train. Yes. How was it? Girl on the Train is one of the worst movies I've seen this year. Wow. And I... I am someone who really enjoyed Bridget Jones' baby and was like, this is great. So it's not like I'm sitting here being an, you know, I was just an discussing um, Bridget Jones' baby this morning. Yes. It really came and went too fast. Yeah. Again, I, I don't know. Maybe like we need to start like sign up petitions to get people to go to the movies and theaters. When I'm, you register to vote, can you also go see Bridget Jones' I'll baby? I'll go door to door. Um, a fair number of people actually saw a girl on the train on the opening weekend because the book Girl on the Train was a bestseller right. for a very long time. Very fast turnaround from book to movie. Yeah, too fast, for sure. <laughs> That's definitely part of the problem. <laughs> this script was unintelligible. And who wrote it? Did Paul Hawkins writing? No. Uh, I don't remember who adapted it, and I don't, you know, it's hard. I don't want to make fun of them. But uh, it did not work. And I think part of that is that it's a pretty hard book to adapt. I enjoyed the book. I think I was in the minority on that. A lot mm-hmm. of people bought it and read it. Sure, I, don't I, didn't, know that, I didn't read it. Yeah, I don't know that it kind of had great reviews once it was consumed. Mm-hmm. Um, it was certainly very popular. It was. I, I went to see the movie and realized that I only remembered about 20% of it. <laughs> so that's one thing. So it didn't I guess. leave a mark. <laughs> no, it didn't. The only thing that I thought was interesting about the book was that the main character, and spoilers here. So. Spoilers abound. Go spoilers for it. Spoilers abound. Um, the main character is an alcoholic mm. and it's written a lot of it is written from her perspective but it is also there are multiple perspectives in the book so i just you don't really see a lot of fiction about female alcoholics no you don't um very few there's the movie 28 days of sandra bullock exactly but it i mean it was just interesting yeah and i thought it handled parts of that better than basically anything else in the book. So that was interesting. Uh-huh. I was like, huh. I can see how that's hard to translate to a movie. Yeah, I mean, well, what it translates is to Emily Blunt, God bless her, just like stumbling and weaving around a weird neighborhood in Scarsdale for like two hours. I can't, I mean, the number of scenes where she just had to like stumble and weave around. It's, and she, she's, she's a great actress. It was a very convincing stumble and weave, but like how many <laughs> times, how many times do you need to see it? My Lord. That's sad. It makes me sad. I think everyone is rooting for Emily Blunt. We all want the best for her. Yeah. Uh, Sam Donsky of The Ringer wrote a piece. TheRinger.com? Um, uh, yes. Have you heard of it? Yeah. Um, cool. <laughs> I, about this effect of just kind of like how Emily Blunt, we love you. Please get up. Um, yeah. And all the ways and that she deserves better than this, which I think is really true. Um, okay. Well, she's got more coming and she'll be fine, I think. Yeah, she's going to be Mary Poppins. Where are you on Mary Poppins part two? So fucking excited. Okay, but again, I, listen, <laughs> I love Mary Poppins, even though it involves singing and dancing. It got to me before I developed like real anxiety. So, you sure. know, I can enjoy it just <laughs> on, its, on its merits. Um, With Lin Manuel Miranda. As her Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, that's great. 
It's really hard to to follow in Julia Andrews's shoes in an iconic Nearly role. Nearly impossible. Yeah. So I just like again. I I'm excited that they're making another Mary Poppins. You know, I feel joy. I would like one day to experience like joy with my children too. I get it. I don't have children, but I'm just planning ahead. But. I, it seems like she's being set up to fail again. That's what I'm concerned so. about. I, okay. think it's, I think she's gonna be okay. Lin Manuel Miranda has got the touch, got the Midas touch. He's so incredibly yeah. charming, and everyone near him also looks good. I think it's gonna be fine. I think it's gonna be good. Also, I just think that he's like inventive and creative enough that he will give her a lot of material to work with. How in charge is he of this? I think he's writing some some songs for it. I okay, but he's not like directing writing it. direct. You know, no. doing the whole thing. Okay, I'm, I'm not worried. Okay. I feel I feel good about it. It's just like also a great conceit. A woman with a bottomless bag who's a nanny and like comes and goes and is mysterious. Yo, I think about that bag all the time. Yeah, it's the best bag. So good. It's so it's like beautiful upholstery. I love it. It's great. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna go well. Also, like, let's I hope they film it on a stage. Like, please don't make it too realistic. The the house from the original, mm-hmm. I love that facade, you know? I'm just excited. I think it's great. My only concern is that, one, it's just setting up two people that I like a lot up to fail just because of expectations and the and the original movie. The second is also, like, Emily Blunt is a fantastic actress, and she's a great action star, and she's a true bitch, as we learned from The Devil Wears Prada, and she great has, like, stuff. a lot of range, and I don't know that I want her to be shoved into, like... Just Julie Andrews light. Fam- like family fair? Yeah. I yeah. want more for her. Yeah. I don't want her to get garnered, you know? Totally. Like, That's a good point. I, f- I feel like she, there's no one else really like her, though. So I think that she'll be okay. Like, I feel like she'll get some good roles just based on the fact that there's no one else who can really do what she does. Except for maybe Amy Adams, who kind of, like, stole her role in The Arrival. Which, yeah, sort of. But, like, Emily Blunt has more energy. Like, sure. She could be an action movie star. Right. Yeah. I hope she has more of that stuff, too. I think also she has two kids now, right? Yes. She just had uh, her second child. I'm sure that changes her level of interest in doing, like, action movies, too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they said during um, Girl on the Train that she didn't do her own stunts, by which I mean, I think she means, like, the more aggressive stumbling around while drunk and falling (laughs) down. (laughs) That's, like, the only stunts I saw. Um, She didn't do her own stunts, which she normally does. Right. And then her friend, Justin Thoreau, who was also in the movie, was like, what's going on with you? Why aren't you doing your stunts? Are you pregnant? Oh, man. Surprise. What what a dick move. Yeah, well. Um, Justin Thoreau and Emily Blunt, I believe, are in the same, like, social circle they were when they were in L.A., I believe. I believe that they were photographed, that Emily Blunt and her husband, John Krasinski, were photographed having dinner at Jennifer Aniston and Justin Thoreau's house yes. in New York, because now everyone lives in New York. Yeah, so they moved to Park Slope. They did. Grand Army Plaza area. We were just looking at their listing on Variety. on Variety's real estate listings. One of our favorite reads. Absolutely. So they bought $6 million, $7 million brownstone, four, yeah. four bedrooms, five bedrooms, mm-hmm. three baths. Yeah. Sounds like a steal to me. <laughs> Sounds like there's, there's really no okay. appropriate pricing. <laughs> All right. Let's just, for everyone listening at home, New York real estate is out of absurd. control. Yeah. Completely absurd. It seems like they paid market price. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. even a little below market price. Yeah. They just, their real estate news has just been popping all summer because Kendall Jenner moved into their old house. Right. Which was like a, a plot point on Jimmy Kimmel Live so far as they have plot points there. And uh, now like, you know, now they've relocated. In the Variety article, it noted that they sold all three of their California properties. Yeah, the Blood Krasinski's are out on California. I hope they netted a profit here. I'm just concerned that they had to sell all three to get this Brooklyn Brownstone, but that can't be. 
I'll be honest, I don't own property, so I don't really know. I just how don't, the I just work. don't think that's possible that they didn't make money off of it somehow. But I, I'm just really concerned anyway. to sell three houses and then to walk away with one. Doesn't take a math genius to know that's a problem. It is a nice house, though. Yeah, it does look. And really one nice. of the houses was a condo. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, listen, and it seems like a nice house. I'm happy for them. Emily Blunt in Brooklyn, like, kind of makes me homesick. Mm. But you know, who would you rather have as your neighbor, Emily Blunt and John Krasinski, or Michelle Williams and Jonathan Safran Foer? <laughs> Keeping in mind that Michelle Williams finally made a home in which Jonathan Safran Foer could write. Wait, can we go back to that for a second? Sure. Because we did a huge segment on that, and then it proved to not be true. No, that's. It was true. Oh. The acknowledgments were in the copies of the book that were sent out to press for review, and they were removed for the actual real book that was published. That's actually crazy. I wonder. That's crazy. So, there, I mean, and Natalie Portman canceled on her event with Jonathan Savern Four, and there was no like cancellation notice. They just kind of like, kind of like came and went that she was no longer going to be a part of it. Yeah. So there is someone in Jonathan Savern life who at some point sat him down and was like, get your shit together. Maybe it was his ex-wife. Yeah, maybe. I would be pissed. Um, that's pretty wild, but please answer my question. Oh, definitely Emily Vladimir Krasinski. <laughs> there was a very charming bit in a, a GQ did a cover story of Matt Damon a few months ago that was mostly like an oral history talking to all the people in Matt Damon's life. And I, I think it was Emily Blunt, it might have been John Krasinski, that just all they talked about was their double dates mm. and like the type of wine that they drink. And apparently like John Krasinski had developed an allergy to red wine, so he had to switch to white and it kind of upset their whole chemistry and That's everyone's hilarious. like very upset. So yeah, I want to hang out with them. Oh, I drink white wine, though, so I will hang out with John Oh, so you're good to go with them. Yeah, you can good. just bring wine over. Exactly. Oh, that's so lovely. Yeah. <laughs> they seem like a pretty good couple. Okay, well, we're wishing the best for Emily Blunt. I believe. Every, I think everyone in the ring or maybe the world is wishing the best for Emily Blunt. Yeah, I think that she's a pretty universally yeah. liked. Let's just, I wish Hollywood could figure it out for her. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it, Hollywood. I, I challenge you, Hollywood. Um, let's talk about our sponsors for a second. Today's episode is brought to you by Uniqlo. Uniqlo offers the latest women's, men's, and kids' clothing and accessories. Um, it has basics. I bought a jacket for my mother once that, at Uniqlo. She loves it. She wears it all the time. She says her friends ask her where to get it. I love Uniqlo. I have, like two, two of my best dresses are from Uniqlo. One day I was meeting Michael B. Jordan. I wore one of them. <laughs> Did he comment on it? No, but everyone made fun of me. They're like, oh my God, you're wearing that dress because you're, you're meeting Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> anyway, if you also are meeting Michael B. Jordan, or if you have another special occasion in your life, Uniqlo's approach to clothing is simple with a not-so-simple purpose to make your life better. This winter, stay warm with their line of Heat Tech clothing. Choose Heat Tech for regular winter wear and Heat Tech extra warm for those really cold days. Undershirts, tights, socks, scarves, hats, fleeces, and even pants that fit seamlessly into your everyday life. The moisture-wicking fabric retains heat and also features anti-odor properties to keep you feeling fresh even when you sweat. Camellia Oil Moisturizer, that's fancy, adds comfort for dry skin. So check it out now. Go to Uniqlo.com or find a Uniqlo store near you. That's Uniqlo, U-N-I-Q-L-O.com. Uniqlo Lifewear, simple made better. After you're done shopping at Uniqlo, consider MeUndies. Picture a world where putting on a new pair of underwear isn't just fresh, you're stepping into a better day. Think about it. Underwear is the first thing you put on and the last thing you take off, if you're normal and that's the way you put on your clothes. Why would you settle for anything less than the best feeling underwear on the planet? 
MeUndies focuses solely on producing the most comfortable underwear you've ever experienced. MeUndies focuses solely on producing the most comfortable underwear you've ever experienced. And I know this to be true. My friends at MeUndies sent me a few pairs and I really like them. I really do. For the price of two cocktails, MeUndies will deliver your new favorite pair of underwear right to your doorstep and you will be having a better day than you would have otherwise. I really think it's true. Try them on. They aren't the most comfortable, best feeling undies you've ever had. They'll refund you and let you keep your first pair for free. Included in the price is a sweet touch of modal, a special fabric made of the best-in-class raw materials that are scientifically proven to be three times softer than cotton. These uber-cozy undies are sold exclusively on the MeUndies website, where you'll enjoy free shipping in the U.S. and Canada. So if I've convinced you and you want to try these out, and just, this is just for a limited time, you guys can go to MeUndies.com jam and get 20% off your first order. Again, that's MeUndies.com jam for 20% off. They are giving us the better day guarantee, so you have nothing to lose and don't wait any longer. MeUndies.com slash jam for 20% off your first order. All right, and we're back with some important news. Well, it's not news. Everyone probably knows, but the Pussy Posse has reformed because uh, Topi McGuire is back, is separated from his wife, and he's back on the market, kind of. Yeah, I mean, we're celebrating a divorce here in a way, so I feel bad about that. Well, if everyone ends up happier, then it's okay. That's true. As Maybe. long as, you know, it's... It, Who knows? It's the circle of life. Sure. Thanks, um, Lion King. That said, yeah. <laughs> Literally, the divorce happened yesterday. The, the separation was announced yesterday, yes. I believe. Maybe maybe Monday. Uh, and the Post already has reports of Toby and Leo hitting the clubs together, which to is... To quote page six. Yes, please newly do. Newly single, Toby McGuire has been hitting the clubs with Leo. Sources tell page six that McGuire's already been taking a page from the book of his longtime best friend, the 41-year-old club crawler Leonardo DiCaprio. Does that mean that he also wears nose-canceling headphones while having sex? <laughs> I really, Literally, what, really? Else, what other page could he take? One more quote. One Hollywood nightlife habitue told us that over the summer, Toby was out in L.A. at all these hot spots. It looked like he was following in supermodel mavens. That's added by page six in brackets. <laughs> Leo's footsteps. Toby hasn't been known to date the types of girls in the past, but he has been all over L.A. lately, and it looks like Leo's rubbed off on him. Here was my Woo. here was my first thought when okay. I read this, which is like, how sad do you think Jonah Hill is right now? <laughs> like he's like his he had a spot and now he's lost. Jonah it again. Hill is out. Yeah, definitely, definitely out. If you're meeting Leo for lunch on the street, you're you're not nearly as cool as you should be. That's that's really tough for him. I mean, Jonah Hill was just filling a vacancy and now there's no vacancy, and I'm sure that's sad for him. What's do you want to hang out with Tobey Maguire though? He doesn't seem that fun to me. No. Maybe other people enjoy him more than I do, but I would rather hang out with Jonah Hill, I think. Jonah Hill seems like he's likely to like divulge some kind of secret to you, and Tobey Maguire seems way too guarded. I guess so. The, Jonah Hill has essentially no sense of humor. Did you follow this thing when he was promoting uh, War Dogs in France? Yeah. yeah. And he was doing some sort of interview with a, a French... I suppose that she was in charge of the weather because at some point he gets really mad and is just like, I didn't come on TV to get made fun of by a weather girl, which is, uh, I don't horrible. know. Yeah, that's not the best look. It's not the best way to handle the situation. I just think that me and Jonah Hill could get really intense really fast and I could see it being like a really great, like weird hour long conversation that I have with him at a party when like ev- the whole crowd has like moved over, like left into a different corner of the room while we're just like fighting about something. I could, I just could about see it. About really obscure rappers because or something. those are the only seven people that he follows on Twitter. Yeah. We wrote a whole article about this, but if you have not, like, please just go to Jonah Hill's Twitter, 
click on the following tab and behold the seven people that Jonah Hill follows on Twitter. It will make your day. Um, one of the guys from LP from, um, what's that group called? Run the Jewels. Okay. Has a uh, bagel shop, a few of them now in Brooklyn, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure Jonah Hill like only gets the bagels there. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably his favorite place. He's also really into Pharaoh Munch. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I'm sorry, Jonah Hill. R.I.P. your time in the Pussy Posse. Here's the thing. Okay. Hit me. Leo and Toby are both over 40. Yes, they are. Toby's 41, as per this article. It's funny to yell pussy posse back, just if only so we can reclaim the word pussy, if you can reclaim it, which I don't know if you can. Like, I don't want to turn this into feminist semiotics or whatever. It's also never really been a favorite word of mine. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, in any context. That said, it, like it's fun. That was a fun time in the 90s. These guys are old as shit. I know. And their faces are just getting wider every day. And I'm just like, do you really need to be out in the clubs chasing 23-year-old models? At what point At what point do they tip from cool to lame? I think they're there okay. already. But I think like LA ha- allows you to yeah. feel cool for longer. Because yeah. of the club scene. The L.A. club scene is really gnarly. It's not It's not really a good one at all. I hope to never find out. <laughs> um, I'm embarrassed to have any insight onto the, into the topic. I would completely agree with you, and I think I feel that way until I see a paparazzi photo of, like, Leo doing a jetpack or just, like, not giving a fuck. Leo biking or just... His canvas he, sneakers that he wore, or not even sneakers, shoes that he wore for four consecutive months. He might be one of our greatest paparazzi subjects. Yeah, he might be the greatest. I can't, just can't think of anyone better. He just has like a joie de vivre that like really they they managed to capture. Totally. It's a really symbiotic, beautiful relationship. I know it's pretty it's pretty amazing, and he's just been like on one since he won an Oscar. He literally hasn't done any work. No, he's just been hanging out. No, but now he's making a Captain Planet movie, which is a huge mistake. Right, and he also has like a environmental film coming out at the end of the month. Right. He also know. has like some kind of um, embarrassing ties to I think um, Malaysia that prevented him from hosting a Hillary Clinton luncheon. Yes, that was tough. I think it was about the Wolf of Wall Street financing that yeah. got a little dicey. Yeah, exactly. I'm happy for him, though. I'm, like, more happy for Leo than I am for Toby, obviously. I don't I don't really like Toby Maguire. I mean, I have no idea why, but, like, he's just not for me. It's nice to have your friends back, sure. you know? I, I support loyalty. Sure. I hope that they can kind of evolve together. Totally. Past the club scene. Yeah, I think I think they'll all be fine. If I, they go double jet, like, jetpacking, then I'm great. They're should, the coolest forever. Should Toby Maguire play old Spider-Man? No, no, no. Why is this suddenly a Spider-Man podcast? I don't know. We're the least two qualified people Spider-Man to talk about. Spider-Man are present. I actually like Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man movies, one and two. I like Kirsten Dunst. I like it when they kissed and it was upside down. I liked it when the OC did it. Totally. Yeah, that sure. Was, that was funny. Okay. Season two. Great, great stuff. Yeah. Okay, final topic of the day. The one and only, the queen of our hearts, the best woman in America, maybe of all time, in all of the world, Michelle Obama. Yo, did you see her Versace dress last night? It was night? amazing. It, it was, was flames. It was rose gold chain mail. My lord. It was beautiful. Is that, will, will you call that rose gold or is it more pink? I think it's like a rose gold. A description gold. I read did say rose gold. Okay, good. So I support you on that. Great. That's what I thought it looked like. Um, she looked incredible. Incredible. It was their last day dinner and she was just clearly like, I'm pulling out the fucking stops. It and was she for did. the Italian head of state. So she went with Versace. I love it. It's beautiful. Um, a thing that I also really love is just like, how happy 
Barack Obama looks at every single one of those state dinners when she comes out of the thing. And he always does like a, you know, pointing and like wink and nod and look at her. It's really aspirational. He really has the baddest bitch in the game wearing his chain. Yeah. Um, Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) It's really great. They are an inspiration. I'm going to miss the fuck out of them. I know. Her clothes have been so great. My like one of my favorite things she's ever worn was the blue cap sleeve dress that she wore at the convention when she gave her speech this past summer. I loved it. It was fairly straightforward, but like it just looked so flattering and elegant. And it was just like the basics are just like look great on her, but she also can go so high. It was amazing. It is true. Michelle Obama has done many things in her life. Um <laughs> and I don't want to reduce it to fashion. Uh, She's advocated for a lot of people, but she has sort of reinvented what a professional woman looks like, which is very interesting. Totally. It's amazing. I love yeah. it. As as two women who like to wear dresses, it's, it's true. It's exciting. It's true. We wear dresses to work because of Michelle Obama. Totally. She's also on the cover of T Magazine and looks stunning. Yeah. Those pictures are really amazing. Yeah. They're real, they're, I'm, I haven't read all of the pieces because I want to read them on the hard copy when it comes on Sunday. That seems like that seems great. I'm look. I'm like really looking forward to it. They're doing a last press tour for sure, and and they earned it. And I'm really enjoying it. Me too. I'm gonna yeah. miss them so much. And also, she. It's amazing that like uh, this of uh, this really ugly election season. The I think the lasting slogan will be Michelle's when they go low, we go high. And like that is pretty impressive. That like to of uh, I think that will be like one of the um, most quoted things from the Obama and I, presidency. And, and the others. The other most important speech of the election is the speech she gave recently. Yeah. Um, just absolutely yeah, demolishing Trump and all of the... Yeah, it was amazing. Access Hollywood. Yeah. She's, See, she's special. Michelle Obama, we love you. We will miss you. We don't have to say goodbye yet. We no. got a couple more months. And then hopefully she'll keep continuing to we serve. We got three more months with her. We're going to In public, them. in some way, I would vote for her. That's all I'm saying. That's the that's another GoFundMe campaign that I'm willing to contribute to. <laughs> that's two. Wow. GoFundMe. We're coming for you. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week. <laughs>